And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. Welcome back, hustlers. This is Andrew Morgans, your host for today on this episode of Startup Hustle. Uh, Our sponsor for today is Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Andrew Peak, welcome to the show. I'm super excited. Two Andrews. What are we gonna yeah. do? Get in trouble. Uh, we we've done this once before um, on your podcast, mm-hmm. and um, I thought, who better to have on on my show as I'm getting started than you? And yeah, um, sure. You were there me with me in the very very beginning days of e-commerce. Way back. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's gonna be some fun talking today. I know. We, yeah, we go back to what was that? 2012. I'm like, that feels really old now, even though it's, it really was not long ago, but things were definitely different than, than in 2020. So yeah, we go way back. I'd like to start the show just, um, you know, really digging into kind of, um, your past and, you know, where you got to where you're at today. So just give us a, you know, a couple minute background, maybe even from where, where we were before we met and then where you've been the last eight years that's gotten you to um, what you're doing right now. Cool. Yeah, I'll start at college because that's when I I got into it. So I started college and I think like a lot of people are like, what do I want to do? And I was like, change my major all the time. And I ended up kind of settling on information technology, which is like, what does that even mean? Like you're not computer science. You're not really anything. It's pretty broad. Like a business degree. Pretty much like a business degree for computer related things. Um, my now wife, but girlfriend at the time, she was nannying for a family that had this company that would bring products in from China and sell it. And they're like, Oh, your boyfriend does like computer stuff. We always need, need help. So I'm like, cool. Let me interview with them. They liked me for some reason. And so I started working there. This was my sophomore year and they sold on Amazon and eBay. So this was 2008. It's like way back, way back. Yeah. Like it was, it's crazy. So I would, do anything they need. So I took pictures, I listed items we were using. I forgot what terrible eBay listing software then, but it was, it was garbage and just constantly crashed was, was a nightmare. And then I got on their website, did, you know, SEO on their site. And for some reason they just trusted me to just do whatever I wanted. I didn't break anything somehow, but during those days, like you could like SEO, you could really just do whatever you wanted and it Mm -hmm. it worked. So it was the wild west. You know, this is pre-Panda days and Penguin and all the different updates. And then Google Ads, as I started jumping in Google Ads with the owner. Clicks were like $0.10, cents, $0.20. Cents. It was crazy. So I did that for a few years um, while I was in college. Then I moved back home, which is Tampa, Tampa, St. Pete area. And somehow I met up with a, I don't know what the guy was, but he had money and he wanted to start selling things online. So it's automotive accessories. I had the e-commerce background. It's like, hey. I found him on Craigslist is, is where I found the job. It's like, hey, let's get this thing going. I'm like, okay, cool. It was really strange. We had a really small office. It was like 600 square feet. And we ended up getting like drop shipping contracts with different distributors. Mm-hmm. It grew. And then we finally figured out like, oh, hitches work because that's not a very common thing to have it. Like it's always a drop ship product, I guess, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's never in stock locally for the most part, unless you go to U-Haul. But for some reason, people tend to buy hitches online. So that grew and grew. That was on, it was on eBay mostly. Then we had the website, which is working. And then at some point we went to a new office and that's where Andrew Morgan started. Somehow you interviewed, I don't know how you found the job, if it was on Craigslist or where we put it out at, but. On, really my, on my side of things, I was um, moving to Tampa from Kansas City to start a new life with my then wife at the time. Mm-hmm. And my family was living there and I had just been in a job because um, I got a degree in networking and security, which that's more useful than IT. Well, there's way more specifics now. Like, you know, since that time, it's gotten like way more niche into what we can like study at school. 
but I hated networking. Um, yeah, it's boring. I, it was just the job I got to was like sit there. It was a 12-hour shift. It was like do work for like an hour and a half, and I loved to work. So it was like do work for an hour and a half. I'd crush out what I had to do, and then I would just like wait on stuff to break. And so I, I took a chance. I had really great offers coming into Tampa, and um, you guys were a startup, like two people, three people, two people. Yeah. Two people. And um, I met you. You know, um, and it was this young guy. I think you're a year younger than me, maybe. So I'm 31 now. I think I'm 33. Okay. okay, so yeah, I just remember like he knows a lot about like this different space that like is different than what I've done, but it sounds exciting. Um, little did I know, I actually like fell in love with e-commerce after that. Um, and I, so I, I pass on these jobs like with Red Bull, with like yeah, I just remember Crazy. being able to get free Red Bull and like back massages and <laughs> yeah. like. You, know, you didn't have those perks. I wanted uh, I wanted to work at a startup. Yeah, and it, it was fun. You know, we got to get like we were like doing work that we could see the result. Like it was, and you put something in, you put the work in, then it, it was immediate. Like oh look, now we're selling that part number. Super cool. But it was definitely a, I guess the word now would be a toxic work environment for sure. It was any business lesson. Uh, oh gosh, there's so many I learned from there. Like everything not to do, pretty much as far as relationships and people. Like there was a lot of terribleness and if you google i'm sure you get stock our linkedins and google names you're like wow this is crazy there's like really bad things associated with the person that that um started that but it worked like we were there i was there from 2011 i think to 2014 you know we had a lot of issues um that eventually led me to start um contracting on the side because i was this i think you left and then i think shortly after that things really started going downhill um during that time, I guess we'll get, we're gonna get, let's get super personal. I don't know if you know this about me. Let's go. Um, and in 2014, I had cancer. Okay. Did you not? Okay. Did not yeah. Know. So 2014. Yeah. So that was 2014. I had cancer. Um, so that was great. That was a quick, super, super, super fortunate. I only had to have surgery for it, but it's like I had to meet with the radiologist and I have to have chemo, all this crazy stuff. I'm like, oh, and you're at a startup. So you're not I'm a, at a startup. You know. There's no health insurance. Like it's like, ah, oh, I'm 24 years old. We have one kid. I married at the time. Blah, blah, blah. So that was, oh my gosh, that was like a year of, of change for sure. Um, so that was, the business was going downhill. I had that going on, personal life. I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is a weird situation. So I'm like, I have to make money. Like I, we were definitely paid, or at least I was, I was paid above, way above average. I tr tried to look for other places to work. And like, they're like, so what are you looking for? I'm like, mm, this much. They're like, oh no like no not even i'm like oh this is weird like crap i'm stuck here and the work environment's terrible and salary's going down because the owner can't manage relationships and just likes making people mad so we'd lose brands which was like so we had like a trailer hitch brand that was like pretty much all the revenue at one point lost them it's like oh well that's important like <laughs> we can't pay people we don't have revenue so long story short, I had to start um, contracting and I found like, oh, I could quickly get get got jobs doing this and be like 10 hours a week here, 10 hours here. Then eventually I found a few different agencies that were like, hey, we want you on retainer for 15 hours a week. I'm like, oh, cool. Then I get another one. Next thing I know, I had like 30 hours of work lined up. So there's a tipping point where that owner of that company is like, hey, I can't pay people this week unless you guys get this done, blah, 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 blah. And I said it really nicely. I'm like, I'm done. See ya. Because I already had this, you know, a second my second jobs lined up. So I contracted for, oh, geez, like three years, um, just working with different agencies as, you know, like a sub. And then I had my own clients down, like local clients down this way. And I did, I did pretty good. I never really enjoyed the sales side of things. Like it's really hard for me to, which probably a lot of people can relate to this, to go in like creative and like I'm building ad campaigns and putting a lot of thought into strategy. And then like, okay, I got to make calls right now for an hour and a half or whatever I'm doing to prospect to different people. Like for me, it's really hard to go back and forth. Like it just, even like today's Thursday, which I do the podcast that we have at work. And I'm like, this is perfect. Cause I'm already in like social mode, talking mode, but getting other stuff done, like, no, I just can't, I can't switch back and forth. Let's talk about that real quick. Like yeah. I, I, um, I don't know if I've ever like identified that and said that out loud, but like I definitely relate to that because, you know, when people ask what we do, 
I've heard, you know, being a knowledge broker, okay, for someone that's a coach, or that's some, you know, like, someone that knows something that other people don't, that's not at school, like Amazon, or, um, you know, you talked about being overpaid, it's because our industry has been being trailblazed in regards to like, what's our worth, like, there was no like, doctors get paid 200 an hour, you know, there was no like, exactly. um, So and then being at a startup, it kind of was the only environment for someone of our skill sets, you know, looking back and, um, but that mindset part of switching gears and being an entrepreneur, you know, this podcast is um, by founders for founders. So a lot of our, our listeners are um, in our shoes or want to be in our shoes or, you know, um, thinking of those types of things. And I'm a data scientist when I think about it, you know, specifically Marknology got our partnership from the advertising side of things. Um, so we became an, uh, an Amazon partner in January 1, 2020. Base, we're, we're one of two, thank you, one of two companies out of 60 that is service-based, meaning we're not a software. Um, awesome. So the other 58 partners are software companies that have to do with advertising. So it's very much mental, in-depth, analyzing, 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 mm-hmm. analyzing, analyzing. Um, and it's almost like you can come out of that mode of just speaking facts, data, 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 and you're, you're in a conversation um, relationship building or conversation or sales or prospecting has a level to that. Sure. You can kick them out of report for an audit or something, but you can't just speak to them in like, you know, no. facts and logic and, you know, especially if they're not on the same page. So very much is hard to switch gears. If you're the salesman and, and the one doing the data analysis, you are, I'm sure there's some really smart word that someone probably on a, a prior guest, there's probably some like neurological fatigue like when you have to change that and like my personality i'm fine like being by myself and just doing work um and i i get energy from that or whatever you would say like versus if i'm with people all the time i'm like well okay i need to retreat a little bit and like go to the gym like space out do something and then I'm okay come back like it's good so i found like i was like always struggling. So during, during that whole time, like after I left the job, 2014, 15, um, I was working with the company I'm currently at. Do you convert, um, as a subcontractor for home builders? So it was not for home builders, but home builder marketing. So we work with home builders and developers, marketing, consulting, coaching, anything up to the point where you'd have someone actually in a model home is kind of our responsibility. So I was working with this company that was kind of on the the bleeding leading edge of of that with the industry the the founder of that company Mike Lyon with Deconvert he was the first one to push the online sales model um if you think about like a car dealership there's like the e-commerce department and so the, going back to like home builders like a, the first source of traffic would be like hey there's someone coming into a model home Mike's like that's ridiculous like what if you show up there's other people there like we need someone who's this gatekeeper that could answer questions, you pick up the phone, they're right there on the phone. So that was his thing he's pushed and he's been pushing it since then. Um, so that's really what the company does is it focuses on the online sales process and then getting traffic to the website. So even, bigger, even bigger during COVID in times right oh, it's, now, right? It's crazy. We- it's like, we're built, like this is what we've been saying all along. Like this is what you should be doing. So COVID, yeah, it's interesting seeing our, our builders versus other builders. Of course, real estate right now is insane. Um, on average insane everywhere but like some of our builders we work with like june this year versus june last year 150 percent, 200 percent more like it's crazy i'm like what like this makes no sense which is awesome but then you have to build those homes so then it presents different different challenges for for the builders so i i eventually left i i guess i sort of shut down the company that i was building myself like my own agency to join do convert i was person number three so you had mike who started it, then Kevin Oakley, who left a big public builder to bring on a marketing side to the company. And then I came along with Kevin shortly after he started. So it's interesting, like my past has always been like smaller companies that are family owned or individual owned. And that was, you know, with um, on-sale truck parts, Hitch Anything, the company that Andrew and I, Andrew and I were at, you know, I was employee one there. And then this one, I was, I guess, employee number three. Um, and now we have 12, 12 people after, let's say I was 20. Oh man, I started with them like 2015, but you know, 
became full-time in 2016. That's so pretty cool. You know, our, our stories are really close. Like even, um, you know, when I left Tampa, I went back to Kansas City in, let's say, 13. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Marknology has been a company now for six years. So it was um, 2014, 2015, you know, that I was getting going. And so I had been freelancing the year before that, you know, and getting clients on the side. Um, and then we're now to 12, 14 people here at Marknology, which is if you, if you were there five years and I'm going on six, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's, it's building the team now. It's like, I feel like I'm an old man. Job. Like it's how can I pass job. on my knowledge to my team to, to empower them to make the decisions that I would make without me making those decisions because it's not useful if I'm a bottleneck. Um, so it's like a totally different mind mindset now versus even a year ago uh, when I had two people that I, that I managed and, and marketers are hard to manage. They're like, they're hard to hire, hard to do. Cause you have to train them. Like even if someone knows Facebook or knows Google or, or whatever, it's still like, well, here's how we do it. Here's how all of our clients expect to have conversations about it. Um, so it's, it's definitely a unique thing to train them. Um, yeah, there's so many different strategies. You can't just like read about it cause there's so many different opinions on it and has to fit your philosophy. Otherwise, the client would be like, oh, I thought you said this, and now this team member said that. Like, do you guys work together? Like, what's happening? This feels really strange. We deal with a lot of the same stuff and and turnover, and, you know, um, some of our employees get poached by other agencies because there's not enough to go around. And Mm, We haven't had that yet. Um, and maybe it's yours is so niche, you know, but Amazon's getting bigger and more popular and more agencies popping up every day. Um, one thing that I found for hiring and kind of, um, I know it's untraditional, but we've used, um, internships as a good way to even paid internships, um, get people in here. And then we, there's so many kind of positions at Marknology from photography to graphic design to, you know, writing content and copy to data analytics to account calls, you know, you can almost do anything here. Um, as far as like being able to try a lot of different things that might fit you. And so we try just like kind of moving people around and seeing what they kind of like best. Yeah. Um, you do that. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like, I think people don't know, you know, a lot of times, like if they're new or they've only been at one job or something out of school, how how could they know? Um, So where someone would literally get hired for maybe social media or content, um, they find that they love account calls, you know, or they love like researching or something. So um, it's kind of been the best way for us to train is to just try to find their sweet spot. And, And we're in the same exact spot in our business too. Like right now we're literally trying to build out, um, you know, make it make reporting easier um, on a monthly basis, you know, however, we kick back data to clients, making our training and our onboarding for not just customers, new customers, but our staff to be, you know, more efficient. And something I remember about you that, um, you know, I commend you for is you were always you were always so process and system oriented, you know, you had your schedule for when you're looking at emails, you had your schedule for when you talk to clients, your schedule for when you do ad work, or um, it was always just about let's get more efficient, more efficient, more efficient, more yeah. efficient. I think that without feeling like I'm a psychiatrist, I think that is was my way of establishing a sense of control over my day, um, which I think we all kind of need something. Some people need that. Some people don't need that. And that was my way of like, okay, here, I, I am in control of this. And then my stress would be like, Oh, I don't really have stress. Like, this is great. Like, here's what I have to do. I get this done and I'm like, I'm good. Like, I don't have to worry about it. I don't, I don't keep much in my head. Um, like I, we use teamwork. I think you used to use teamwork. I don't know if you are on base camp as far as your project management. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just switched to teamwork and it's been, it's been really nice. Um, all of our team is remote, which is interesting and unique compared to the other agencies that serve the, the home building space. Um, but then that makes training and hiring different. You really have to trust those people because you can't even think about like if the thought of like, what are they doing right now? And it's like two o'clock in the afternoon or 10 o'clock in the morning. And if that mistrust is already there, like it's just not going to work. Like you can't, I don't need people. I don't have to worry about that. And for, we've been super fortunate that we've had only one person I've had to, had to let go. And he just wasn't a fit. Like he, he was a perfect people person. Um, 
his hobby was he was in a band. He was the lead singer of a band. But then for his job, he thought he was a marketer clicking buttons. I'm like, no, like you're a salesperson or something like you, like your charisma and all this. You are not clicking buttons in the background. Um, he's like, yeah, I think you're right. I'm like, yeah, let's do something that fits you. Like, <laughs> don't put yourself in this box. Um, so having remotes been, yeah, it's been great during COVID, right? Because like nothing, literally nothing changed for us. Um, and then real estate, we're like one of the few industries that, like, it, we had like a, a little pause right when it started. I think that was March twelfth or sixteenth when like Disney World decided to like, hey, we're closing. And world's like, oh, what? And then all the sports, like the schedules got paused. They're like, what? This is real. Like Disney closed. Like this is crazy. And it was like two weeks after that, that things were just kind of on hold. But the people got used to it. And then it's been like this pent up demand of like, we need to buy houses or like, if this is our future where we're at our home a lot more working, like we can't live in this house without an office or without a room for the kids to have like a desk that's not in their bedroom, that type of thing. So it's been insane sales and then the interest rates if you if you follow housing like that's a huge what can you afford the interest rate will affect that a lot so it's been like this weird um i guess like the venn diagram if you're like here's interest rates here's demand here's covid all this stuff it's like this perfect intersection of perfect everything goal. going on mm -hmm, where the industry is just like going crazy um we'll see what the rest of 2020 is i don't know it's yeah. And I, I mean, we, as entrepreneurs, I think that like, you know, people can say, oh, you're just, you're lucky to be in e-commerce. And I'm like, no, I've been beating my head against the wall for like eight years of loving this stuff um, and pushing innovation so that when times change, you're so used to change. You're so used to, you know, mm -hmm. being forward um, and, and pushing the pace that like nothing changed for us. You know, that's, to me, that's not an accident. That's always trying to optimize, always trying to be better, whether it's recording your go-to meeting phone calls to script, you know, to yep. sure, I'm trying that. But now when it gets to just like virtual calls, that's easy because we were trying to push the envelope in regards yeah. to like content mm -hmm. creation, you know, um, or finding a business where everyone can work remote was a big deal. Um, it was a lifestyle thing for me. I wanted to be able to travel and work from wherever. And um, but now that's huge you know yeah uh, e-commerce e like um you know before it was convincing people to be on amazon uh or convincing people to shop virtually for a new home and now it's like okay this is their insurance policy their insurance policy is to be on amazon or, or have a strong e-commerce versus a risk you know so yeah. times have changed and um you know thankful thankful to be in the industries oh, we're at sure. But you know, I'm in real estate as well. I know we've mm -hmm. talked about that on the podcast before and yeah. we've grown quite a bit since. Um... I'm jealous of your market. Like the, you know, cause I, I feel like the entry point of getting started where I'm at. So I'm down in Pinellas County, Florida, like the, all right, here's a family, a three bedroom, two bath or whatever. Like I want to get started in real estate. It's ooh, like that's up there. Like it's, it's not a super crazy expensive market, but like a three, two and a, okay areas like 280 300 you don't have to be jealous you just have to invest with us like I know, right uh you can trust me that's for sure here we go and let me hit that wire we're uh we're currently at 50 plus that's We've crazy got 50 plus properties so been very blessed and trying to take over kansas city a little that's bit portfolio nice 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 yeah kansas city it's there's a few builders we know from kansas city they're always they're just always interesting like I, that's not like a bad thing. It's just like they're like they're builders in say XYZ state. There's nothing to even mention about them, but Kansas city, it's like, I think there's one that we have mutual friends with. Like he's just a cool dude and he's got this big giant beard and he does things really well. And I'm like, he's interesting. Look, he's doing it a little bit different, but like, he's actually like worth talking about. Yeah. There's um there's some really cool trades men like uh men or women I, i'm trying to cover both but like yeah trades, mean. Is, it, is it mutually ex okay so or trades um, let's say trades yeah like trades. specifically there's one called um empowered casey i think and um he just crushes social and and digital content and for like an electrician crew to uh All things to be know, like so good at social and content and digital marketing is like 
you know, it's rare. Um, and we have some of that here. I think there's like, you know, Kansas City is very, I would say we're very blue collar um, in regards to like historically. And like, that's the kind of people around here is like just blue collar um, family people. Um, so quality in their work and those kinds of things really come out um, sure. versus like having in other cities, you'll see more of the eyes or the investor type um Mm -hmm. you know so we have like the good the good construction the good crews the good workers like um quality is important here um but i do feel like a lot of money comes from outside the city interesting so some of the decision makers are outside the city right but the doers are in the city so yeah yeah that's that's fun 50 plus that's awesome thank you thank you um we're having some fun with it and getting better at that too and i think we're up to six employees um i was gonna say you gotta have some full-time people with that to make it well you, you i would imagine you reach like a tipping point where they're like thank goodness we could afford this full-time person now because now these expenses are lower but now we have to keep paying this person full-time but it's like you balance that oh right and this business you know this is my third business um you know landlocked being the second one um akc co um built it to scale, Uh, you know, from the beginning, I kind of had knowledge coming in about like what I would do differently. And and it hasn't been perfect, because it's a new industry, but um, just came into it with a lot more learnings in regards to what I wanted out of a business. Um, And a big part of that was a business that was better at running itself. Nice. You know, and we, we use the digital, you know, we use kind of the skills that I have in the real estate market, just like any commerce, which is, you know, good photography and, um, you know, right keywords and good quality reviews and, you know, um, the same kind of like marketing that you can do, whether it's in real estate or wheels or hitches or homes. um, It's the same kind of strategies across the board, in my opinion. Yeah, people just want more. They want to be able to do it by themselves, and it's yeah. It's, I, I make I kind of make fun of our industry because we are, um, you know, if a builder sells fifty homes at four hundred thousand, like that's a lot of revenue for not that many transactions. So they, they, I think they could get, for the lack of better word, I don't know if any are listening right now, but it's kind of spoiled because the revenue is so high, and if they have their their trades lined up like they could they could do pretty good it is a lot of it's capital heavy because you have to have home sites to build on or if you're developing the land yourself it's just long it's very long term it's hard to get like i'm gonna make a lot of money this year building homes and it's my first year you know it's it's much more like a a long-term business but once they're running like yeah that's it's it's really nice for them but then they get like if i pick a good location and our price is right i don't need to do anything we don't work with builders like that because, you know, we're obviously you have to be doing digital to work with us. But it's like, man, why are we not like COVID really accelerated the rate of adoption? But like, why don't we have 3D tours in all homes before? Or why was why is XYZ not available before? Like Complacent. this industry has it. This one has it. This one has it. And that's a $25,000 car. This is a $250,000 starting price on a home. So it's, yeah, it's interesting that we're, and we always push that like, why are you not doing more like set aside hundred grand a year on content or whatever it is, percent of their budget, you know, it depends on the, how many homes they sell per year and how many markets they're in. But cause they're yeah, always 50. Yeah. They're probably 50. Cause that's still depending on your margins and the average price point. That's still a lot. Say that's 20 million revenue and you make 5%. Right. And then there, there are big, big margins in the new builds. Um, you know, but as my, my partner just finished a new build, um, pretty close to that price range and um, still had issues, just like oh, rehab, yeah. you know, just still had a rehab, brand new, um, probably the best crew we've worked with, you know, new build. And there's uh, always something. Mm-hmm. When we built with uh, the office of men now, we built a new home. It's a, with a big public builder who does, you know, like 13,000 homes per year. There's things left and right. So there's like always like, even at that scale, like it, like it, there's always going to be something, but it's a home, like it's a home. It's there's like that piece of trim. Like I'm looking at it, like it's crooked, but like everything is touched by a hand. So there's, there's not perfection. Um, but that's, 
that's i don't say that's okay but like we call that character care it's character it's character we we call it character here some sandpaper on it and we'll pay more for it no but that that thought on um that thought on why do they get complacent you know um as someone that's i advise businesses on how to grow you know online and anyone that has a consumer good is potential client of mine and um you know if i've worked with 300 brands since i started um i've probably pitched or looked under the hood of oh you know a couple thousand you know probably um a lot of failures you know learning how to pitch and things like that and businesses not willing to take the leap and talk about the adoption rate changing um but from the outside you know and and i just let that stuff go just right off my shoulders because you know i know what we're doing is the future um, but brands will be like, I don't want to upset. I don't want to upset my wholesalers. I don't want to upset my resellers. I don't want to upset, um, you know, the safe thing that I have. Um, and those are the businesses closed right now. Um, you know, and, and those are the businesses that are closed up right now that didn't embrace even dabbling in, in innovation and change and, um, or looking into new, new ways to grow. Um, you know, it's, when people think about digital marketing and social and influencer marketing and, you know, and brand ambassadors, and I think the new terms scare people off a little bit, but it's old school sales and marketing and relationship building just with new tactics, you know, it's just old. And and I think that's why it's such a good fit for me because I was kind of raised old school by my grandpa and uh, being raised in Africa and by missionaries. And they're just kind of traditional people, traditional men in my life. Um, but love innovation and love tech and you know so it's this mixture of like kind of old principles and i was willing to embrace that like how do i bring these types of things to you know 2020 um and some brands like you know some brands are all about that you know they're all about that and when you meet with them you're like this is going to be this is going to be great you know um but there's so there's so 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 many um that have just been hesitant to take on to take on new challenges or can't can't understand you know like um video specifically i'm sure video is a big part you know of what you guys hard video is hard um but huge right huge it's important for so hard though right is it is it let's talk about why it's hard is it hard to find talent is it hard to get it right um is it is it the cost yeah i you know i don't know what it is for builders that they so like if the standard boring video if you think about like you have a home for sale, a brand new home, so a community of homes. So while while this is like existing homes um, or the resale market, but if you have a community with 300 homes in it and you're building 50 of them in that home, so you have 50 homes to sell, um, you kind of have to sell the community and you have to sell the home. But most builders are are very safe and they'll make a kind of walkthrough video where it's pretty. It like had they they bring the guys in and they're they'll drop like two grand on it or whatever got the drone flying in through it and then switch to that. Like it looks, it's professional, but you're like, eh, it's boring. Like it's no better than a 3d tour where someone gets to navigate um, on their own, like on the desktop or on their mobile, but they pay for the video. Like there's no story being told about the community. There's no, this is your life, which, which me buying and building in a community has probably been the best investment in, in my own career, even though it's like, we have to live somewhere. But like learning what like so our community versus say like the street over here, which um, yeah, Andrew, you know our area. Like it's most of the houses are just you have a main road, and then like here's some streets off of it. There's no in and out. There's no community feel. It's like I don't know my neighbor, never talked to him. Our street, it's gated because that's what the builder put in, and it's one street in, and that's it. Like it's like a T. So we all know each other. Um, kids are out right now going crazy. Like it's it's a it's a true community. It feels um, safe. Able, it it feels, feels safe. Like yeah. everyone knows each other during COVID. We all like, well, we're here anyways. Like no reason to like not talk to each other. Like our kids have to play, whatever. You know, it's obviously for families, but you know, even like a, a condo project, which is say targeting XYZ type of person or, or retirement or active adult. Like it's more than just the home because everyone's selling a home. It's more about like what it would be like to live in the community which is hard to sell because you might have to not take risks as far as like showing the type of person there, but there's, there's a lot of 
how do you present that? Because if you use the wrong person, that's an issue. If you use this, then it's like, it's a very sensitive thing to sell the community. But if you nail it. But if you nail it, then it's like, that's where you have like the villages down in Florida. The, you know, the be- it's still one of the best selling retirement communities ever. I'm sure a lot of people have, have heard about it. They probably have family that lives down there. It's a party. It's a party, right? yeah. And, but it's the people buy there be- not because of the house like at all. They buy there because they could go and get on their golf cart, drive to all these different restaurants, hang out with their friends. Like it's, it's truly a party when you're retired. Um, there's tons like that. And these, these smaller communities, they don't have these same amenities, which is fine, but still like, like where we are, our community versus like the street over it's, it's 1000% worth the cost that we, that we paid for it. But selling that is, is hard. Like it's hard to like convey that message to the videographer. Like, Hey, here's what we need the, or the video team. Here's what we need to sell. And they're like, what do you mean? Like they, they might get it, but it's, it's, it is hard. It's a challenge. And then you go, is it really worth it? Cause we'll sell these things anyways. Like they're going to sell. That's why we bought the land. That's why we put the effort out here. That's why we built the model. We put the sales agent in the model. Like it's going to sell. So that's also part of it. Like it's going to sell regardless if there's a video or not. Um, yeah. Hopefully that makes sense. No, it does. I would like to talk about that though. Like, I mean, um, why do, why market at all if, if property is going to sell? That's a good question. So the ones that are smart um, and that do market and that try to be more aggressive, they could outpace their sales goal. So they could sell more homes per year, which would then let them to grow. So it's really the only way to grow. So you can be complacent and say you're selling 50 homes per year and stay at that that number. But if you're, you're like, hey, we want you're going to sell them. If you're going to be at 100, 150, then 200, then 400 and keep going. You eventually have to pick up the pace so that you could then get more home sites and get more and more and then keep building. And then you have more trades because you're doing more activity. You might be able to get better pricing, all that types of thing on the, on the production side. Um, so that, that's, I guess it's like you're different. It's probably the same, like with different brands you work with, like, Hey, I'm fine with, I just want to make sure nothing breaks, but I'm cool with where we're at. And you're like, oh, that's really boring. Like, don't you, don't you want to do more, like add more SKUs, whatever, like, like, no, I just want to make sure nothing, like, I don't want this to go away. Okay. And that, that's probably not someone you'd work with or someone that we'd want to work with either. Um, we want people that are excited to grow and, and do things better. Or if they like working with us, um, if they reduce their advertising spend, depending on, there's a lot of outside the industry agencies. Is that, say that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the agencies that are within the industry, that know the industry, um, that know what, you know, cost per sale and cost per lead and what like typical advertising spend should be. Then there's others that come from outside and they're like, oh, your revenue is 60 million, 80 million, whatever it is per year. Your budget could be this and they could spend the whole world. And it still kind of works because it's still not that much money compared to compared to revenue. But it still is just like, this is absurd. I'm like, wait, what, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. Yeah, it's overspending. There's not many, um, like when people are searching for a new home versus existing home it's just a totally different mindset or they they went from i don't want existing or resale anymore i want a new home because i can't find what i want in a resale or i don't want it to remodel or i do customer. want it's a different, it's a different customer. customer yeah for mm-hmm. sure um no one's going and saying i want to build a custom home or, or build a new home that's um can't afford it you know i'm sure there's, i'm sure there's some but it's like not the the general yeah just general the financing is different on it um yeah, you just like you put some money down at the beginning, unless it's already built, brand new home. That then it's just like traditional financing. But you usually put money down at the beginning, and then at the end, you'll then put the rest of the down payment down um, to finance it. So money to the builder, and then money with the bank to to actually buy the home. But you still have to live somewhere in between, um, which is the the challenging part for a lot of people. It's a big that that's definitely a big barrier for some. That's, that's a way that we've been kind of able to, to be creative, you know, with our Airbnb business. And, um, you know, that's probably half of our portfolio is Airbnb. And um, being able to work with clients like that on a more like boutique way um, where, cool, you've got two months in between your house being done or it's late a month or like whatever, you know, and then just be like, hey, we have a furnished home. Um you know, so giving people options, just being able to be a little bit more flexible around some of those pain points. Um, 
has been, you know, a cool perk, I guess, of that is of, nice perk of there. Hey, you're going this one. Oh, nice. Yeah, and you know, and we we're we're decorating them or outfitting them to the level of like I would live there, you know. So someone's for some people uh we might decorate better than they decorate yeah i've seen i've seen some pictures i'm like okay okay that's a little fancy yeah it's nice uh yeah not that typical boring like here's something i found at goodwill and this is going in the airbnb and you're like that's not the point we (laughs) might have started our first one with a lot of stuff from our own home but um you know you have to start somewhere yeah we've gotten better um i wanted to talk about like video and um, just a little bit longer. Like for me, one thing I'm realizing right now is I've been pushing brands. I know video is an expensive cost, you know? And so at least for like brand videos or a good product video, um, it's not a template cause they need to tell a story, you know? Um, and so Amazon's over the years, Amazon releases the ability to add video on Amazon. Um, you can send a, you know, if you copy a Amazon link and I send it to you right now, if it had a video with it, the video would start playing. That's what you would get. Um, knowing that they've been pushing this probably for two years, I've been like video, 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 video. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be, they're going to allow it for, for advertisement and we need to get these and probably like 10 brands or so, have followed up on that and gotten video or had video, which isn't that many. Um, but all 10 of those brands are now realizing, um, it's almost like, you know, when you were talking about earlier and Google ads were like 20 cents, um, you know, where we're seeing three or $4 a click on keywords, like for That's crazy for supplements or things like that. We're seeing it for 20 cents on the video side. Oh, all day long. Um, it pays for itself. It's like paying for itself. And I'm just, okay. like, you know, man. Uh, so it's, it's a space where hesitation to try something new and see how it works mm-hmm. out and take a risk and be like, okay, we did video on this one. We did a walkthrough on this one. How did they go? You know, is it the same cost? Well, this one was a lot easier. Let's stay with that. But if you're not testing, if you're not innovating, if you're not pushing the pace, um, you know, I think you can miss out on opportunities like, like these brands that are going to get 20 cent clicks all, all year long. Oh, for sure. You know, on it's interesting on our side. So we, the ads that we manage for our builders is, um, Google and Facebook, like that's our wheelhouse. As far as what we're executing, marketing work on, we we do you know the coaching and consulting outside of Google and Facebook. So as a whole, um, and then we do a whole bunch of other stuff. But as far as like day to day, where are we spending their dollars? We're spending it on Google and Facebook um, quite a bit. With Google, it's interesting. You know, it depends on the market, like the cost per clicks. So hearing three or four dollars, I'm like, whoa, that's high. Um, and we're we're kind of in the some markets, it, like it'll be down to a dollar, which is crazy. Like Louisiana, for whatever reason, not expensive. North Carolina, where almost every public builder is, it could be yeah you know, the three to four dollar mark. But then Facebook, same thing. Like it's different based on the region, but um, ten cent, twenty cents, thirty cents um, clicks, depending on the ad format. That's kind of what I was getting to. Is the ad format and you know Facebook is unique with the Facebook pixel and, and how you optimize or let off Facebook optimize the ads would then determine the results. But the ad format really, really can have an influence as far as the cost per click and the traffic quality to the site. Um, for us, it's like if we let people shop the site or shop the builder, just like they would e-commerce. So give them choices, then Facebook's able to collect more data on that person versus. So if you go to the site, you view two pages, view two floor plans, you're like you're not a good person for Facebook to find. If I go to the site and view eight pages, they're like, "Oh, find more like Andrew Peak. Let's find more like him." And then, of course, over time, because you, you looked at eight pages. Because mm-hmm, I looked at eight pages, and that you know, if we're optimizing towards page views, um, if we're optimizing towards add to carts, which we don't have add to carts, but leads. So just depending on where in the funnel you're optimizing towards, would then depend on like, well, if it's a great product or great home I'll spend you, you could go down to that bottom funnel because there's enough um metrics or there's enough data at that level to make it work on there but it's yeah, it's yeah, it's fun you market, facebook you market, you market to kansas city right or you we, have so we had a builder they were acquired um by warren buffett's group clayton clayton did like i think it was last year or 20, 2019 about like four different builders, four or five different builders, if I remember correctly. And then one was, yeah, Summit out in Kansas City. They were one of them. 
Um, so which is which we've kept a couple that stayed underneath the Clayton umbrella, but then a few they went to like the in-house Clayton marketing group. That I um, hate when that happens. I know it does. I'm like, what in the world? And then we, it's always so interesting because we're like an open book with all of our strategy and whatnot with our with our clients. Like our clients own their accounts. Most similar agencies to, similar to Marknology. Like, okay, perfect. There you go. I'm like, and we're like an advocate for that. Like, this is yours. Like, you're giving us permission. Like, this is yours, though. If you like, let we don't it go, own it. this is yours. Like, you know, exactly. It's not like send us your products. We'll do your thing. It's like we we're extension of their team. Exactly. And then you get to like, so we we definitely have we're one more premium service, but then we we're we truly try to partner with them in aspect that like, yeah, we are an extension of your team. We're here for you. If there's an emergency, which there there never really is, which we're super fortunate, like the home building space, like there's not like fire emergencies Saturday night at eleven o'clock or anything crazy, um, which has been which is really nice. Like back to the when I first started, um, the toxic work environment. I remember just like leaving church on Sunday and just dreading looking at my phone, like is this dude done a text and say we need to come in on Saturday or Sunday, and probably a good portion of the month like hey we need to do this and like that's just awful to live um yeah, so you know i was like putting in tracking numbers at 3 a.m and yeah it's it was yeah. craziness craziness or like yeah you weren't that this is side story don't jump back to where it was but like when we were working with the one brand um that we eventually lost the contract to um they wanted us to either drop ship out of certain warehouses and give us a different set of prices or we bring the product in-house and then we could keep our current pricing well we brought it in-house because we're stubborn but we were getting there at like 2 or 3 a.m to package up hitches it was insane and that was like a week after i had like my big full yeah like this is crazy like what what beep 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 like but i don't i don't (laughs) i don't get angry um yeah you have to have quality of life standards and when something goes against you know what that is you have to know when to that's and i think that's important i think that you know whether you call it god or whatever um, things in things in life happen that we see as a um, a negative, or we see it as a challenge, and and really it's meant to get you out of something toxic, you know. Oh, for sure. um, and looking back on that for both of us, while it started us on our careers, oh, yeah. um, you know, it taught us things either who, how not to lead, or you know when when something's going against you know your quality of life, or you stop enjoying something anymore that you used to love that it's time to go for sure. Yeah. That's, that's important that I think we all, we need to hustle and put on our work, but I think there's, you still need to be like, if my life circumstance changes tomorrow, will I have regret more? Will I, will I regret hurt more than the pain of, of like maybe not hitting whatever goal or whatever you might have, which is hard to say, because unless you've had those things in your life, you're like, yeah, 24 seven, I'm grinding this thing out. But then it's like, ah, like, what if you aren't going to be like here tomorrow? Like, like, ugh, like, really? Is that what you want to do? Or it, it's different. I have three kids, um, seven, five, and three married going on 11 years this year. No, be 10 years this year. Don't tell her I said that. She doesn't remember either. We're both like, how many years has it been? Too many. It's been, it's been, it's been too many, but it's definitely, yeah, it's a, it's a weird balance. It's definitely a balance. Um, and she, and she works full time. I work full time, full time plus, um, but like we we just make it work. Um, working from home and her flex, her schedule being flexible, like it's definitely. If I I get up early, like so if I'm up at four a.m. working, like I don't care, like that's that's where I get my extra time in the morning, right? Um, when I need to get stuff done, even Saturdays and and Sundays is my, like if I need to grind something out, that's when I grind it out, like cool. And I still so that's way I achieve like balances. I sacrifice sleep in the morning to be able to get it done. I kind of, I'll, I'll probably more, today was the morning. I got up early and not, maybe not peak early. I call them peak because we're both Andrew. So you can probably stay up till three. I cannot stay up past like midnight. Like I'm like, nope, I'll just go to bed and wake up in three hours. But that's because of multiple days in a row of you being a morning person. You're exhausted. You know, your, your body is like accustomed to it. But Mm -hmm. for me, I get a lot of quiet time at night and um, you know, that's where I can get kind of that alone time calls aren't coming in, emails aren't coming in, um, you know, and wherever it is that you find that spot to me, it was, I was tired last night. And even as a night person, like I was just like, I'll just get up. 
um, and get it done. But I want to switch gears, right? Because we probably have like a couple of minutes left here, five or six minutes. But I'd like to talk about, I think you're someone that, uh, you know, we talked about you being like real systemized and processes and how you kind of keep control of your day. And um, a big part of being an entrepreneur is being able to make decisions on the fly and prioritize. I think you gotta you got to make decisions quickly and effectively. And you have to be able to prioritize and prioritize on the fly as well. So, you know, you have your goals set up for the day, but if something crazy happens, you need to be able to move around and, um, you know, keep things going. What are some of the things that like, let's say, um, you know, that get you back on track, whether it's work or it's like, you know, I know you used to ride bikes, trail, used to ride trails uh, when we were working together, you know, Um, what are some of the things you do just kind of recenter yourself um, and, and not let that thing that's overwhelming, you know, kind of take, take control. Yeah. So I, what I enjoy now because it fits my, my life is I'm at the gym in the morning. Um, that's my recenter time. Um, it would definitely be mountain bike trail riding if that was around here. And, and if that, the, the hard part of that is that that's needs like significant time during the day versus I'll go and lift at like 4am. I know I have the time. Um, for me, at least, I, I don't know if I'm sure other people listening, you reach a certain point, like during your workout or whatever, sounds very bro right now, but and like, anyone, you guys can't see him, but he's looking swole right now. So I'm, he, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Been in the gym. Um, I've been in the gym. It's, but I'm not like, you'd be like, Oh, he's still a normal guy, but yeah, he's, he's probably okay. Um, you reach, I think there's, I need to learn more about it. There's definitely hormonal things happening in your brain and your body where like, so I'll leave and like, at like say I lift at like 5 a.m. By like 10, 11 a.m. I'm like, my body's just like, I don't know. It's like if you ever ran like a marathon or a half marathon, like there's this, this exhaustion afterwards where it's like only thing I can do is mental work, but my body's just like done. So for me, that helps a lot. Um, otherwise I'm like, I got too much energy. I got too much energy. I got too much energy. Like I need to like do something and that's my way of doing something. Um, and so that's the physical side on the mental side, having a framework to operate or solve a problem in um, helps quite a bit. So yesterday there's this community for a builder, a big public builder that is on the CEO's radar, which does not happen. Like they just, the CEO doesn't worry about a single community it makes no sense for that person to, to do it. So this is a super hot, like heads are to be flying um, thing. And there's, I forgot how many home sites, but like, say hundred million in sales. Like, I don't know. I forgot the number, but they're, yeah, it might be hundred million. Yeah. So they're, they're, yeah, they're high end homes. Like it's broken. Like the community is broken whatsoever. But so we get this email, like we need to help fix it. What's going on. We need to fix it. So there's issues all over the place. It's not just marketing. Everything's broken if it's broken to this point. So there's tons of issues. So our framework, we could kind of get distracted on everything else, or it's like, we have traffic to the site. We have leads from the site. We have appointments from those leads, and then we have the rest of the, the funnel, which we don't have influence on. So cool. Here's our framework. Here's where we put our our effort into analysis and possible solutions for each step of the funnel. So it's like get rid of the drama and the email and the craziness. And it's like, oh, really it's just this. It's like traffic to the site. Here's things we could do. Da 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 da. Leads, here's things we could do. Conversion rate, all the stuff we could do. Like let's piece together what makes sense based on the rest of the funnel, their feedback that they provide to us. So it's, it, it was like a, that was our fire alarm email. It's like, Ooh, this is not good and that's whatsoever. What, that's and it's what, like, Oh, cool. Look, it's done. Like stress is gone now. Like hour later, like it's not a big deal. And then they, and then the, the client loves us. Cause we're like, Oh my goodness. Someone I was like delivering, you know, mm-hmm. and it's quick too. Like drop everything. We got to help them solve this because we're, I think with, with most of our, like if you're in a service, um, if you're a service company, so just like you, like if you can quickly lower their stress level, help them feel relieved and you're getting into just, yes, you're executing on numbers and data, but like really the end result is their emotions, their confidence in their job, especially with that one. It's a, it's a big corporate, corporate build, builder. Like there's, you're, saving their job like there's a lot of things that you're doing that you don't really realize you're doing but then when you think about it like wow this is my email is so important to them right now 
even though it's just like, oh, it's another thing that's broken. Let me see what I could do to fix it. But for them, like this is like, oh no, like I'm not getting that promotion or I'm gonna get fired. Right. Even though this isn't my deal, but like I gotta fix it. Like, ooh. I think that's a really good point. Like, um, just to think about, you know, I think something that hit me kind of big during COVID is I had when COVID first happened, every single brand that we have was calling me, every brand that wasn't oh, on gosh. Amazon or e-commerce was calling me. And 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 I like to think that I'm an expert at what I do. And I didn't have answers for all of these questions. I, they, they were new. Um, I was trying to figure things out for myself as well as be there for the businesses that needed us, you know, um, to give them advice. And, um, you know, I'd been reading a book or that was just like, if you're people's 911 call, you know, you, you're doing the right thing, you're in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that kind of hit home for me. It's kind of like, you know, um, that if people are calling you, it might be stressful for you is another problem. It's another problem. It's another problem. But I'm in the right spot if when people need help, you know, or they're like need a lifeline or they're needing emergency help and I'm their 911 call, um, that's a good thing. And so it kind of helped me reframe, you know, how I was responding to emails, helped me reframe being calm when I took calls and kind of feeling like I'm, you know, I'm 911 on the other side for them. Yeah. You want to be like this sort of um, source of peace and calm to them at least we we don't intentionally talk about those things which like there's a lot of companies that like they have intentional culture of that they build but it's just interesting like everyone that works here just has that like without it being a conversation like that's like what we want to do um which is like i don't know if just super fortunate like maybe it's like that's the way that that person is and so that's who they attract to work for them or with them like i don't know it's it's very cool. It's like, oh, we all, without even talking about it, we're on the same page. Like, it's, it's great. It's leadership. And it's something that um, now that we're growing our businesses to 10, 12, 15, I think you got to think a little bit more intentionally about culture so that it remains, you know, strong and sound versus like when it's just three or four of you, you can get really like connected. Um, it's something that we're really thinking about now. Like, how do we keep the same culture, almost like the culture that's happened naturally, but we want it to stay. Yes. Um, How do we keep this? Yeah, I think it comes from the top down and um, people get the culture of their boss. That's why a lot of times on the other side of the call, you have someone calling you frantically or they might sound aggressive or that they're placing blame on you when they're, you know, hitting you with that email. Boss uh, is doing that. Yeah, they're just whatever is coming down on them is coming through and you got to realize that some corporations are, you know, just set up differently and they might not have the same culture we have here. And some like stress, like there's people that they thrive on it, whatever reason they like it, which is weird. (laughs) Not me, not me. I I want stress, but in a controlled environment, you know, so if it wasn't a little bit stressful, I'd probably be bored, but you need that. You need urgency. Yeah. I like, yeah. Urgency and like, okay, I need to get this done. I need progress. Yeah. Progress and urgency kind of just going back and forth on those. Yeah. I, I like, I would think that like, honestly, I do feel like I'm a wartime general over a peacetime general. Um, I like it when stuff, the stakes are just real, you know, and COVID sure. and it's fast and it's, you know, we're trying to make adjustments on the fly and saving people's businesses. And um, I kind of like that seriousness of, of the day to day versus, Oh, we're going to come in and, you know, I'm going to do a little bit of this and send out a few emails and, I kind of like the fast paceness, you know, but um, in, in a in a controlled way, I guess, as much as possible. For sure, for sure, that makes sense. How many times this is? I'm I'm the interviewer. How many times are those where there is a product issue? So, like when we look at a a problem with with a builder, we have like we call the five P's of marketing. There's promotion, which would be traffic to whatever, like website traffic, um, product, so the actual thing that's being built, price, how much or which should kind of be like value. Like, is it worth, is the product worth the price mm-hmm. place? Like, where is it being built? And then, um, people who is selling it, which, so your P's are different when you sell something e-commerce, but when people are like, when you're in that position, where like this company is going to be out of business in a year, if they don't have another stream of revenue or something, do you find that? Yes, there is. They need to be on Amazon. They need to do Amazon better, but are they, are there, product issues and price issues that you're like, I need to have this conversation with you. Like people hate your product because of 
this, I don't know, whatever it may be. Um, do you like those conversations where you're like, we have to fix this. This is awkward. Um, the bigger the company gets, the little bit easier it becomes to have those conversations because someone's removed from who actually birthed that product. That makes sense. Um, versus if we're talking to a smaller company, it's a lot harder to bring criticism okay, to products. Um, you know, but I just try to lay that out right from the beginning when they're hiring me that I'm a straight shooter and they're getting us to, you know, that's what they're getting. And, you know, expectations. So, yeah, I try to set that super early because it, it is hard, but I want to always be able to give my authentic, you know, just honest feedback. Um, and so it might not be the first thing I go to, you know, just like your product. For sure. You know, but I will say like, hey, if we have, a, you know, if this product's going to review well, like when, when we get this in people's hands, like I think we're going to be very successful, you know, and kind of setting up some of those expectations like, um, you know, and I've had brands in services with us and be like, we got to go back to the drawing board. And, and, you know, we thought our product was here and it's not. And that's not. There's a lot of people that aren't that aware or that, you know, answer that truthfully and will make up a million reasons to let an agency go. Um, but I would say that by the time a company is getting to marketology, at least at this stage in the game, um, we're usually working with pretty solid products. Good. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, I try to I try to weed out the ones that I start hearing their idea, and I'm just like, oh my god, no. telling the story of that product is going to be so hard. That's terrible. That's terrible. All right, my one last question on interview. Yeah. Um, you've worked on in the supplement side on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like because I listen to like fitness podcasts and follow different people, and there's I hate the whole fitness industry. Um, not I don't hate it. That's a bad word. Um, there's so much like broness to a lot of it where it's uneducated people but they look great and so they could sell something but they're not selling anything good right and so there's there's been the shift towards like at least in the circles that i follow and people i know towards premium being what people want which is just another way of saying a more educated consumer is making better choices and they're willing to pay more for a product that does what it's supposed to do um do you see that on Amazon with the supplement side? I know I see it off of Amazon, certain brands growing because they are premium, but then it's the difference in price is, is crazy. I think it's happening across the board and not just in supplements. So okay. I Very think cool. Amazon so more, is more educated, more products that are premium products than they've had it in the past. So, you know, higher end purchases, higher end suspenders, higher end neckties, higher end clothes, higher end shoes. Um, on all that matters whenever you're selling the higher end products is that you have to put your best foot forward in regards to showing your quality. So you can't do the same. Thing. Yeah. You can't do the same thing that the cheaper guys doing and, and win on Amazon. Uh, we got to do better photos. We have to show quality in the things that we can control. So you're not playing the same game necessarily. If you have a premium product, you have to, you have to play the game a little bit harder. Okay, cool. And yeah, that makes sense. I was, like, I wonder if that's the case, but I guess it's more educated and just different consumer habits of wanting something that we, is more valuable. We have to adjust. So sometimes the product's right. You know, sometimes it's the price is okay, but if we're going to sell at this price, we have to do a better job of presentation or storytelling. Um, or we can say where we're at, but the price needs to lower. Right. So kind of like a home in that way. And I do yeah. feel like Marknology is a construction crew. Like, you know, we come in, we analyze a home. We rebuild it, you know, and sometimes we're building it from scratch, a new home. And sometimes it's, you know, um, rehabbing something that was already there or just like updating a home. Um, but between photography and content writing and, you know, marketing and um, it feels very similar. Yeah, for sure. We're just building things. Yeah, we're just building things and having a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> Different mediums. That's all. It's all the same. Andrew, process. where can people find your podcast and where can they find you on, on social Ooh. media? So marketproofmarketing.com. Okay. Marketproofmarketing.com. That's the podcast. Um, only about home building, only home building marketing. So if it's, so you can listen, of course, anybody, but yeah, it's super narrow subject. Um, and then you can find me, I'm probably mostly on Instagram at the ad doctor. And so you can find me, that's my insider nickname because I'm always brought in to, to fix things that are like the nerdy the nerdier side. There's not many nerdy marketers in the home building, which is super cool. So that's like my 
my niche specialty is the weird oddball stuff that's more technical. Um, so I'm, I'm lucky that there wasn't someone already filling those shoes. There's everyone else is duplicated, but somehow I'm like the only one that is doing that role. So I'll take it while I can. I take it back to our early days when we were putting a lot of the car parts that you see online yeah. wheels and it's crazy all kinds of things yeah you were you're, you're you're on the nerdy side we were like doing these insane excel imports to every like just thousands and thousands tens of thousands of rows and manipulating data like it was it was a fun time we were having fun remember anderson yeah. hitch remember them oh gosh yeah you know, anderson hitch we were getting companies that just didn't have photos we were going to car dealerships and taking photos in the rows of oem parts like yeah we, it was we were yeah we were lean we were having we some were fun lean I yeah like. it was a good time learned a lot andrew it's been a great time connecting um Same you. thanks for being on the show thanks again to our a sponsor for today's show, FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. We'll see you next time, hustlers. Startup Hustles brought to you by FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.